0: On air and online at ticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This
1: is On the Block with Strick and Austin. Welcome back to On the Block. E Strick here and Austin Oriman It is the second hour of On the Block. We appreciate you. We're praying everybody is safe and sound here in the Nebraska area, wherever you are, whether it be Western or in the Omaha, Lincoln area. We're hoping that you guys are safe as the snow continuously falls down over the landscape. But listen, we're going to get into some Husker talk and a big Husker weekend in many fashions, many forms. We're looking at football. We've got great stuff that happened on the wrestling mat. We're going to talk a little bit about what Coach Rule is looking to do and what he's uh, preparing to do on the quarterback and the, um, uh, the coordinator front. We'll get into a little bit of talk of that, but we'll start first by some of the commitments that Nebraska has been able to land over the weekend. Some big ones. I think they're big ones because what it does, Austin, and we'll get into it. Shout out to Cliff Castorall and Steve Dean on the YouTube stream. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, Cliff in sunny Florida. What the heck? I mean, I'm jealous. Yeah, man. Jealous. So jealous right now. But listen, Austin. One of the things that I like about what's going on in Husker football, especially in the transfer portal, what they've been able to do, this is now going to be a full opportunity for Rule to be able to accumulate and bring in what it is that he's trying to accomplish. Now he's got everything set as far as his coaching staff is concerned, the style that they want to play. He's landed the quarterback that he wanted, Mm -hmm. and now is the opportunity to expand out on that what do you see in what they got in commitments that speaks loud and proud to the fact that Coach Rule is operating on what he said he's going to do?
0: Uh, first of all, Cliff says it's cloudy and cold rain down in Florida, so okay, at least we have some pretty snow going on. Sorry, Cliff, I didn't mean to uh, jump to assumptions there about Florida. But in terms of the the vision for Coach Rule and these two players, Strick, I think they both fit. I'll start with running back Dante Dowdle. Dowdle, Dowdle. Dowdle I've heard Ooh. it both ways. But 6'2", 215, 220 Ooh. type of guy, he's fast enough to get the job done, but the power, right? If Matt Rule wants to, you know, dig into that fourth quarter ethos, lean into the Big Ten, you know, kind of mindset of we're going to, to grind you down, like you talk about Michigan, right? Set you up in the first quarter, start punching you in the second, come the third and fourth quarters, we're going to run you over. I think Dowdle really fits that. You have a veteran offensive line coming back, an exciting group for the 25 and 26 uh, seasons as well. But you add a guy who is a pretty highly touted four-star out of the state of Mississippi, didn't have Nebraska on his radar at the start of the process, but Nebraska reached out to him. He came on his visit. Um, Dylan Riola was a big piece of yep. his recruitment, right? You saw that picture with Dowdle jumping over Riola with the boombox and everything. Between that, you have uh, the, the Kalen picture, with uh, Holland McMorris. There have been some elite recruiting photos coming out of Memorial Stadium this year, but a big, powerful back that the runs guys over that's decisive, right, Strick? I think that's a key. So many times, I think the offensive line has been put in a bad spot because there will be a gap. There'll be an opening to exploit for the running back, but they're looking the other way. They don't see it. They're reading the wrong cues, and it's hard to keep an opening like that you know, open
1: yeah. forever right yeah, for long periods of time right yeah they close like lines are good and and we've talked about that in the mm-hmm. past what style of, what style of running back Austin would we hope to find and I've always said I want a one cut guy yeah I want a one guy a guy that has one cut sees a hole gets in it big body gets you four or five yards a pop that's that's the mm-hmm. kind of cut guy I want I don't want bounce guys I don't need speed guys I want guys that sees holes hit holes and gets deep into the pause, Go big ahead. big pause. But I, I do think that's what
0: a, what Dowdle fits is he'll make that one cut. He's played at Oregon. That's a team that we know about. Bo Nix's ability to throw the ball. Um, got buried behind a couple good running backs, but a decisive run scheme. A coach in Dan Landing that wouldn't let his team get away with being soft. So he knows what it takes. Physically comes from a program of of that caliber. So I think he can be the workhorse. I really do. Is the job guaranteed to be his? Absolutely not, right? I mean, Emmett Johnson definitely deserves a look. Um, the staff really likes Quentin Ives as more of that home run kind of big play threat. His ability there, and then you have two older guys dealing with you know nagging injuries. And Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. We'll see if they're able to give anything. But the biggest part of the the Dowdle commitment to me, Strick, is that Nebraska essentially had to get a running back in the 2024 class, right? They miss out on Kawan Lacy. We heard um, all about that from, from Brian Munson, how Nebraska missed out on him. He goes to Missouri. There's not another running back in the class, and you're dealing with injured upperclassmen or unproven underclassmen. Mm-hmm. Now, Dowdles has got plenty to prove at the college level as well, but you look at his pedigree, you think he can be something special. Nebraska needed to get a running back. This guy was sought after. I mean, he had he was talking to Mississippi state back home, heard from, I think Oklahoma and Ohio state, other schools like that, but decided on Nebraska. That speaks volumes to me of Matt rule and his coaching staff's ability to close, right. To target a need and to not let a guy leave Lincoln without, you know, getting that commitment at
1: a position that
0: I think a lot of people would say they had a hole to fill.
1: I think he's hungry too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'll end on. I think he's hungry because I think he got up there to Oregon you know, got a taste of everything. Oregon is very glitz glamour and you know, show, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Style. But I think he's hungry. And I and I think getting back here, understanding the need that Nebraska has, especially at the position, I think he's gonna we're gonna see somebody that's going to go after it with 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 a lot of Fired a lot of passion to attack the position. Um, moving on, because we also talked, oh, go ahead. You got something to add on to that? I was just going to throw out the receiver then.
0: Go. Um, Isaiah. Oh, that's what I was going go yeah, to go to nice. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so Isaiah. Well, the way I was going to approach it, let me, let, me, let me just caveat it to you. Because one of the things that I've, I've talked about with you on is that we have a lot of positions at, at the wide receiver positions that are solid. They're good. Mm-hmm. Good players, good young prospects speed all across the board but just no one really that's able to and, and I've talked about it but we don't have an Orduñez you know we don't have a worthy you know we don't have um a, a Marvin Harrison Jr a guy that's a signified number 1 and and I'm hoping that we were able to land something with some experience a guy with experience a guy who 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 you can look to to hopefully fill that void and allow these other guys to not feel that they have to step up to that position. What did we land at the wide receiver position that hopefully could be that person? Yeah, his name
0: is Isaiah Nayor. He's a Texas transfer, but started his career at Wyoming. It's a really exciting ad streak. You look at the size, first of all, 6'3", 210 Mm -hmm. pounds. I I like that, right? I mean, I know Malachi Coleman's a big body, but Nayor has a more college-ready body, I think, than Jaden Doss did coming in. He's bigger than a guy like Jalen Lloyd. I think you have some versatility, right? He can play outside. That's, I think, where he'll be for the most part, but he's not just a deep guy, right? I think that was, if not the knock on Trey Palmer, right? That's how Nebraska used him was Trey go deep, Trey go deep, Trey maybe make an in cut at some point. That was really it. I think there's some more well-roundedness in Nayor's game. I don't think he's quite as fast as Trey Palmer, but he's a certified big play, Strick. For his career, he's averaging 21 and a half yards per catch. And that's not on like three or four <laughs> catches. That's on fifty right. career catches. Right. So this guy is a, a walking or running big play. He can do it with the deep ball, but he's also got some of that yard after catch ability, right? And this is where, you know, the the close range throws are for backup quarterbacks, the deep throws are for the the big armed guys. The hope with Dylan Raiola is that Nebraska can attack kind of that intermediate part of the field, Mm -hmm. right? That 10 to 17. With accuracy. Yes. With accuracy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, attack that that range with accuracy. And that means put the ball on his chest, or if there's room for him to run, put it out in front of him a little bit. Let him go get it Mm -hmm. and take off after the catch. Nayor showed some of that ability as well. It was not just, you know, go get the deep ball, but to make guys miss with the ball in his hand. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: And
0: so I think that that kind of versatility is a big get for Nebraska. I think he's going to be the truest number one type of guy they have on the roster um, right now. But there's the risk, right? Kind of like Trey Palmer, he was buried on the depth chart at Texas. We'll have to see if he makes that that jump back into consistent playing time. And he was also hurt. I mean, an ACL injury is easier to come back from now, but it seemed like he was still maybe dealing with some of those lingering effects down at Texas. So get him in the strength and conditioning program. Get him hooked up with Dylan Raiola really quick. Get that chemistry going. It's a risk, but it's one that Nebraska had to take, right? And they landed a guy that... Um, might have faded from some people's radars, but there's still a good player somewhere in Isaiah Nair, and you hope that a guy like Dylan mm-hmm. Raiola can bring the best out of him.
1: Yeah, and you're hoping, again, that that hunger, just mm-hmm. that looming hunger is just deep down in his soul that allows us him to raise up the quality of his play. Staying in the football realm, Austin, let's move over and talk about what Coach Rule is doing in the coaching as well as the coordinator side of things with a coach potentially that you really like. Tell me a little bit mm-hmm. about him, what you think. So
0: his performance as a head coach was up and down, not the best. But Dana Holgerson is a guy that Nebraska um, has interest in. It's rumored that there have been conversations between Nebraska and Dana Holgerson for a role on staff. And that could look like a lot of things, Strick. I think a lot of people's minds would first go to quarterbacks coach, right? Marcus Satterfield wasn't initially supposed to coach the quarterbacks at Nebraska, um, they reached out to Jake Pete was his name. He turns them down, so they slide Marcus Satterfield into the offensive coordinator and um, quarterbacks coach role. They hired Bob Wager to be the tight ends coach, but um he you know had to, had to leave the staff, resigned. so then uh, Josh Martin, the analyst stepped into that tight ends role. My guess is Dana Holgerson would end up being the quarterbacks coach and probably take over offensive coordinator responsibilities for Nebraska. If he, if he decides to come. I think that would reassign um, Marcus Satterfield back to the tight ends. But it's interesting, Strick, because Holgerson isn't just a quarterback's guy. He was a receiver himself in his playing days. He coached wide receivers um, for most of the first half of his career and coached some really good ones. It's a guy that's been um, not necessarily all over the place, but well-traveled enough. He studied under Hal Mummy, architect of the Air Raid offense at Iowa Wesleyan. He was on staff with Mike Leach there, and Mike Leach hired him back at Texas Tech. Dana Holgerson then um, was on staff with Texas Tech as the wide receivers coach from 2000 to 2007, and in the last you know handful of years, he was the co-offensive coordinator. You might remember that 2007 Texas Tech team, yeah. the one that, that beat Texas, Graham Harrell, and Michael Crabtree, right? Those are two oh, names yeah. that stand out from that stop. He moves on then to Houston, where he's the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. The only guy that you need to know he coached at Houston, Case Keenum, Mm record-breaking college quarterback. So I think that's a good sign. He moves on to Oklahoma State, where he works with Mike Gundy. Uh, He goes to West Virginia uh, to be a head coach for seven, eight years, and then um, had four or five years down at Houston as the head coach, um, but obviously he, he's on the market now with the, the Cougars hiring Willie Fritz. But Shrek, this is a guy that's studied a lot of interesting pass game principles. I don't think Nebraska has seen or implemented before. I bet. Might right. be the highest level quarterbacks coach Nebraska has had in some time, if that's the role they choose to use him in. And he's a Midwest guy, right? Most of his coaching has been done in Texas, where we know Nebraska uh, and their their head coach have a lot of ties. But he's from Davenport, Iowa, right? He's a Midwest guy at his core. So just because he's been all gung-ho about the air raid, I don't think Dana Holgerson, as offensive coordinator, would see Dante Dowdle and say, no, I don't want to give that guy the ball. I don't think he would see Emmett Mm -hmm. Johnson and say that guy doesn't deserve touches. I think he could maximize Nebraska's receivers. A lot of what Dana Holgerson did at other places was built on a similar amount of speed uh, at the receiver position to what Nebraska has now. But I think Dana Holgerson's um, creativity, the previous stops that he's made, would be a fascinating fit with the highest-rated quarterback recruit in the recruiting industry rankings history that Nebraska brought in with Dylan Raiola.
1: Man, I think the timing is absolutely perfect. It is something that I expressly thought that they needed, um, you know, no no question, no doubt. And with having two young quarterbacks and Kalen as well as, as Raiola, what better time than to mm-hmm. add someone who has the pedigree that he has in in, in at the quarterback position of, of training great quarterbacks of, of, of the age. Um, let's move on and talk about the polar bear. How about the it? The polar bear. Nash Hurtmaker gets on the mat and did not disappoint. Half of the doggone Husker football team out there in support, our, our own Derek Pearson in the building right there front and center. Nash Hurtmaker in the first period did not disappoint. What's your thoughts about the polar bear getting it done on the mat?
0: Just an incredible testament to the human spirit, really. I mean, I don't want to get all, you know, soapy and romantic about it, but for Nash Huntmacher to cut 45 pounds in basically a month is incredible. And he he said afterwards that he's probably not going to play at 330 again, right? That getting back into wrestling has, you know, shown him he can probably get by playing closer to 300, 305, rather than all the way up at 330. I mean, he wrecked havoc on the defensive line for the first time in his Nebraska career. So, adding those 45 pounds back might be a bit too much stress on his body. He was good at it, but if he can be, you know, just as strong, just as explosive, Mm -hmm. but even maybe, you know, a step quicker, able to knife between blocks a little bit better, but maintain that same strength that he showed, I think that's huge. That's a big credit to, to Mark Manning for having a vision. A huge credit to Matt Rule, um, Tony White, Terrence Knighton, and that staff for being okay with it. Right? I don't know if other staffs would have been quite as receptive to this idea. And then credit to Nash Hutmacher for not just you know saying, "Oh yeah, it'd be fun," and you know one cheek in it. He dove all in to lose all that weight to to try to get back in that shape to to take the mat and then not just take the mat and be a cool story and not just to win, but to pin the guy. His first wrestling match in four years. Nash Hutmacher pins the guy. So it's what, like 167 straight wins now, 74 of them by pin. What an incredible, you know, accomplishment. What an incredible story. Huge props to everyone involved in getting Nash Hutmacher back on the wrestling mat.
1: Hey, listen, um, I've wrestled, and I'll tell you what. It, it works on your 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 um, your, your cardio, your, your agility, your shiftiness your upper body strength lower body it, it, it works different muscles and it, it's not it's not football strength that makes you good at it but it's the other things that it trains that can make you good in football mm. that's what i love about what they're doing with him going into the into the wrestling forum it's going to make him tremendously ready for for spring and but it's gonna it's not gonna you know, it, uh, put a lot of tension on other areas of his body mm-hmm. to cause him to have worry when he goes back into football. So I like that about it. And last but not least, uh, Ali Badenhorst. She goes bye bye. She
0: does. Enters the portal. I'll I don't steal too much of Rico's Thunder, but just throw that in there for, for people that might have missed it before. Um, yeah, she's been at Nebraska for three years. I, I don't want to say an up and down career when she's played. She's been a pretty steady contributor. Maybe never, you know, reached the heights of some other, you know, hitters in Nebraska history. But Strick, you, you look at what Nebraska already has. They get the commitment from Taylor Landfair, the Minnesota transfer to be a hitter. You have Skylar Pierce coming in, who is the MVP of her high school all-star game. Someone was going to have to transfer out, right? We've seen Jura Vicious leave, yep. Mendelson leave, and now Batenhorst at the hitter position. Sounds like Nebraska has a, an open scholarship. Good for Allie Batenhorst, right? She she left a bit of a mark on Nebraska volleyball. Good player. Someone's going to be absolutely you know, lucky to have her. But it was kind of a Just roster. Go to crush. Texas. No, please no. <laughs> She's from Houston. She has family up in Omaha, Rico says. So if she ends up at Texas too We're going to have a problem. Nebraska and Texas might actually go to war against each other.
1: Oh, man. Golly. Oh, well, shout out. Great stuff on Nebraska sports. If you have any thoughts that you would like to share with us uh, concerning anything that we talked about in this last segment, 402-464-5685 is where you can find us. But coming up next, we've been waiting. Brian Munson will be joining us, and we're going to talk more about A lot of what we just talked about here, about Nebraska, the recruiting, what's going on, what are some things that we can expect out there. We'll come right back on 93.7, theticketfm.com. We'll be right back on the block right after this.